secretary and her family, my parents got divorced, and their second marriages and or common law relationships fell apart. A whole bunch of aunts, uncles, and cousins all split up, which leaves us with a portrait of a shattered family and some very robust hybridized genes. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. After the nuclear winter, all that's going to be left standing are cockroaches and bees. Our family tree has been hit by lightning so many times, we're really more of a charred, ungroomed topiary hedge of misfits trying to figure out how we're related. Nobody's really sure what to call anybody else at family gatherings. Are you an aunt? Can I just call you Debbie? Are you a cousin? Oh, so you're related to the lady who was standing in front of the shed during the baby shower. So then, am I technically allowed to fool around with your son at the family reunion? Whoops, <laughs> too late. I already did. But after all the heartache and confusion and cousin and cousin makeout sessions, getting to have a stepmother like the one I have was the single best result anyone could have hoped for. In keeping with family tradition, my parents threw in the towel when I was an infant after a long and uneventful high school romance and subsequent teen pregnancy. The fact that they followed through with the pregnancy at all seemed to be their own inept form of teen rebellion, though of course for obvious reasons I'm grateful for it. Although I officially lived with my mother, I saw my dad on weekends and my grandmother and great-grandmother were there to fill in the gaps. And though I adored my parents in a way that bordered on adulation, there were many, many of those gaps. My mother never remarried out of the sheer terror that she would again be saddled with someone like my father. My father, suffering from a similar terror that he would again be saddled with someone like my mother, opted out of the dating pool entirely by marrying her polar opposite. Sensing that there might be a shortfall in the area of competent parenting, my father was sure that his freshly ratified marriage offered the kind of stability that his child deserved. It must be terrifying to be thrust into the position of step-parent, but my stepmother, Marilyn, was game and jumped into it full steam ahead with little regard for its perils. I was certainly not the kind of child she was used to, but she seemed confident that she could provide me with the kind of wholesome family experiences almost no one who is not a character on a television show has ever had. She exploded onto the scene, breathing a fresh, minty new life into our musty old father-daughter weekends, formerly spent watching NFL games and quietly munching on donut holes. Her energy contrasted sharply with what I was used to. She was a busy maker, chatty, industrious, always baking something delicious, pouring vinegar into the dishwasher to cleanse its inner workings, and finding clever uses for leftover readers' digests. I was scandalized by the stop sign patch she wore on the back of her jeans and desperate for her to give me a Tony Home perm identical to hers, as I knew only she could. Though she would have denied it at the time, Marilyn found me peculiar. For one thing, I was exceptionally quiet, though I preferred to think of myself as multifaceted and thoughtful. I was the living definition of the term indoor kid. I wasn't technically allergic to the sun or to fresh air, but stepped outside infrequently and gingerly anyway, like a baby vampire learning to survive in the civilian world. I had the complexion of powder and the muscle tone of a pile of flubber. And since I was basically being raised by senior citizens at the time, 
My physical activity was limited to driving around the park to look at the trees, driving to the lake to look at the lake, and driving to the mall to look at coats that were car length. My grandmother had been raised during the time of polio, so to her, every other child was just an infected mucus machine gunning for her precious only grandchild. On the rare occasions she would actually send me off to the playground, it was always with a laundry list of warnings. Don't share a comb, because she was paranoid about lice. That Stella is the real pimple hatch. Don't go near her face with yours. Don't choke to death on your iced cream sandwich. Choking is an agonizing way to die. And watch out for cars. Before you know it, they'll run you over and drag you down the street to your death, and they won't even have felt the bump. She needn't have worried about me at the playground. All I did was sit in one spot on the bench and count down.